Good morning, Oceanside. Thank you so much for joining us today as we celebrate the birth date of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In doing so, we're going to look back 700 years to the book of Isaiah, in particular, chapter 9. In this passage, we see Isaiah bring a message of hope into a hopeless situation. Judah was suffering, suffering not because of their faith, but because of their rebellion. Isaiah was called by God through a supernatural encounter of God. And it's interesting to know that his name means Yahweh is my salvation. Having said that, he is a, the prophet that prophesied more about the coming Messiah than anyone else, any other prophet. So it's no co coincidence that his family gave him that name. In this encounter in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah sees the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. He's totally undone in the midst of the supernatural encounter. And God asks two questions in this time. He asks this, who will go and whom can I send? And Isaiah's response was immediate. And he said, here am I, God, send me. This cry from the heart of God has never changed. In Isaiah chapter 9, in the midst of a dark time, we see Judah under the reign of a wicked king, Ahaz. It is under attack from a number of nations. Things are not going well. They had turned away from God and lost their way. They were afraid and without hope. And into this situation, Isaiah brings an incredible prophetic word of hope. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, he says, the Bible says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Fast forward to verse 6. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. What a powerful word. A prophetic word that was fulfilled in and through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who would come to take away the sin of the world. For unto us a child is born. I first want to focus on that word us. To us a son is given. These words speak volumes. To us means all of us, every tribe, every tongue, no matter where we are or what we have done, we are all included. The only way we can be excluded from the kingdom is by excluding ourselves. John, in John 1, 1 to 13, speaks of this light that came into the darkness. And he says this in verse 1 to 13, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He's what, he was with God in the beginning. Through Him... All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, 
and here it is, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness concerning the light, so that through him all men may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only to witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world does not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And he has that all-inclusive us word again. Yet to all who would receive him, to those who would believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, not born of a natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but children born of God. For unto us a child is born. This speaks to me of the humanity and the humility of God. We see this in scriptures like Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. And I'd like to read that to you. If you have your Bible, it'd be wonderful if you could follow. And this is what it says, speaking of Jesus Christ. Your attitude should be the same as that as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, and being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And God exalted him to the highest name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven, earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, what an amazing gift this child given for us. A son given speaks of unconditional love. For God so loved that he gave. In 1 John 3, 1, the Apostle John writes this, How great is the love of the, fa the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And we know John also wrote in his gospel these amazing words, speaking about the love of God. A son was given, Isaiah said, would be given. And 700 years ago that happened. And John writes that un this under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whom would ever believe in him, in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to contempt, condemn the world but to save the world through him. Church, God loves us unconditionally. But unconditional love does not mean that God loves everything we do. We need to understand 
that our lives and sin does have consequence. We know in Hebrews chapter 12, God says he disciplines those he loves. And discipline is good for us because it keeps us on track. And he does that for our good. Discipline is always redemptive. So those forgiven our sin, we need to understand, as I've just said, that sin has consequence. But the good news is this. We cannot confuse forgiveness with the consequence of sin. You see, no matter how bad sin is, we can be forgiven. If we repent and ask forgiven, God forgives us. And we see this in scriptures like John 1 John 1 9, where he says this, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, love requires relationship. And that is why Jesus came. He came so that our relationship broken by sin could be restored in and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What an amazing gift. A child born, a son given. And someone said this, that love is a dynamic force that naturally seeks expression. Simply put, love loves. And in order to do that, there must be an object of that love or it is not complete. Church, we are the object of that love. God loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through here, God is with you. He cares for you. He will never, ever leave you or forsake you. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need fear no evil because the good shepherd is with you, the lover of our souls. He is there and is more than able to do immeasurably more than we could, what we could ever ask or even imagine. His love knows no bounds. It's deeper than the deepest ocean. It fills the universe. What an incredible love, a love that motivated God to send His Son to restore this relationship. I have a quote I found from Mother Teresa a while ago. And she was a person that definitely loved. She loved the poor. She loved humanity. She gave her life for that. And this is what she said. Intense love does not measure, it gives. What an amazing insight into love. And we see this intense love clearly played out in scriptures like Romans 5, verses 1 to 11. I'd like to read that to you. This is one of my most favorite passages. I think it's many people's most favorite passages. It's such an incredible story of love and redemption. And the apostle Paul, who understood that himself, a man that had persecuted Christians, 
understood the grace mercy of God. And it's no wonder that under the anointing he could write these incredible passages speaking of the unconditional love. Not only the two that I'm going to read from Romans, but 1 Corinthians 13, he wrote that too. And I pray that even as I speak this, and even as we read it, you will have a fresh revelation of a father's love who gave his very best. This is what we celebrate, church. This is who we are. And it's Christ in us that is the hope of glory. We have him in us. He cares for us. And it is clearly expressed in this passage, Romans 5, 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in our hope of the glory of God. Not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured in His love into our hearts by His Spirit. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love in this, that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more? I love the how much more of God. There's always more and always more. And He says, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have received reconciliation. Reconciled to God, forgiven our sins. This love knows no bounds. I can never stop thanking God for His mercy and grace upon our life. Then in Romans chapter 8 verses 28 to 39, Paul once again speaks of this incredible love of God and the victory we can have in Him. And I'd love you to meditate this over this time and over this Christmas period, but over this time that we're in. In the darkness, the light has come. We need to arise and shine, for we are the light of the world because of Jesus Christ. And in this passage, he also tells us that because of God's love, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And this is what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into likeness of his Son, 
that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Church, that's us. Called, justified, and glorified. What an amazing gift that Jesus gave us in the life and his sacrificial death on the cross. The beautiful thing is, he didn't stay on that cross, we know that. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father right, by, right now, interceding for you, interceding for me, interceding for his people on our behalf. So what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us? How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? For whom will bring any charge against home? Those who God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. As I said earlier, who shall separate us from the love of God? Church, nothing can separate us. We see that in what Paul says now. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels or demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, or any things in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that the Father gave us in Christ Jesus our Lord. For unto us a child is born, Jesus obedient unto death, even death on a cross for our sake. And the love of God that gave his very best. And I want to tell you something that I learned from somebody else in one of their messages. That the value of you and I is determined by the price paid. And that price was Jesus Christ. And over this Christmas time, let us consider him. Let's take time to meditate on these passages. Let's come into his presence daily. He saved us for relationship. He wants to hear from us. Our Father in heaven loves us. And as we said last week, he wants not only to hear from us, but He wants to speak to us. And church, I promise you, and you can take me up on this, if we begin to do more of this, 
spend more time in His presence. Spend more time hearing from Him and Him hearing from us. I believe things will change. Circumstances might not, but we will be changed. And He will take us through all the trials and tribulations. And yes, this Christmas is difficult. Some of you may not be able to see your loved ones. But the one that loves you is with you in your home, even right now. And I pray for the presence of God to come upon you and your family. And as we close this short message, I would like to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and begin to move upon us. Lord, I pray for a fresh revelation of Father love. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, I could never ever imagine giving my son to anybody else, for anybody else. And yet God did that for us. He is with us. He is with you. Let's just bow our heads for a little moment. Lord, you promised to pour your love into our hearts by your Spirit. And Lord, our love tanks may be empty. And I pray right now in every person, in every home, you will pour out your love. The agape of God, the unconditional, undeserved, unmerited love of God that brings the peace of God, that transcends our natural understanding and guards our hearts. Lord, we thank you for that. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, and Prince of Peace, the Shalom of God. May peace be upon you. May peace be upon your situation, understanding that even though the situation not, might not change right away, God is with you, walking with you, fellowship within you, and more than that, right now, He is praying for you. The ruler of the universe, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords is spending time is God the Father interceding for us. And when the accuser of the brethren comes, and when you make mistakes and we do silly things, and he tells you you're not worth it, remind him of your worth. Remind him of the fact that Psalm 103 says that he separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. And he chooses to remember them no more. The enemy says, I'm going to remind you of your sin. But God says, they are forgotten. They have been paid for in full through my son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that your relationship with him will grow and go deeper. 
Because that's why the reason God saved you and me. So that we could have fellowship with Him. And the beautiful thing, that fellowship on earth is just the beginning. We have an eternal destiny. We will be in the presence of God day and night in fellowship with Him, with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, we have an eternal future. And as we looked at last week in 1 Peter 5, that the goal of our faith is not more stuff or a happy life, but the goal of our faith is our salvation of our souls. I thank you for listening. May God bless you over this time. May God keep you. May God's face shine upon you. And may you be filled with the joy of the Lord. Thank you so much. Amen.